3: Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash?
1: Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Baby, what's up?
2: I was able to vote for two years before I actually voted. Deadass.
1: Confessions of a delinquent voter, huh?
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: But baby, I did the same. Deadass. Deadass. Hey, I'm Kadeen.
0: And I'm DeVal.
1: And we're the Ellis's.
2: You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys.
1: And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy.
2: Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow.
1: (laughs) Oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married.
2: Yes, sir, we Mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics.
1: Things most folks don't want to talk about.
2: Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100 the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level.
1: Dead ass starts right now.
2: This story time is going to take us back to the year 2004. Mm-hmm. 2004. That was a good
1: year. I it was a say. good year. It
2: was a good year. That we were about was two my... years in. Yeah, we two years in. Yeah. That was going into my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. And was it? No. My sophomore year of college, Oh, wow, yeah. Going into my sophomore yeah. years of college. Yeah. So, no, that was my junior year of college, 2004. Wait, we 2000,
1: met 2002. 2000. Yes, yeah, so it's your junior yes. year because we met your, your freshman year. Junior year college. We started dating.
2: And I remember dealing with listening to all of the voting issues that happened in the 2000 election. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I was only 16 and I couldn't vote. And I remember it was it was um, George Bush versus Al Gore. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole discrepancy about Florida Mm -hmm. and the popular vote, but Florida being announced as a Republican uh, state and George Bush actually winning the presidency. Mm -hmm. So I remember saying to myself, when I'm able to vote for the presidential election in in 2004, I was going to participate. So in 2004 was the first time I actually voted. And it wasn't until 2008 when I actually started making money And we were voting again, and I went and I voted for President Barack Obama, that I realized that there were so many other elections in between 2004 and 2008 that I should have been a part of Mm -hmm. in order to help the man that I wanted to be president put forth the legislation that he was proposing.
1: Right. So voting for the people locally and yes. on the level that really impacted you, which I'm surprised at because your mom is an avid voter and she is always texting us in the group text to remind us about voting and,
2: and regardless I give, of the election. I got to give credit to my mom. She yes. was always that way. Yes. But me being 18 right. at the time and then I was playing college football. Got
1: better things to do.
2: I was, it was during yeah. football season. My yeah. focus was not on voting. And yes. then to be honest... The reason why I didn't vote until 2004 and then start focusing more on 2008 was because I always had this idea that my vote didn't count.
1: Absolutely. All right. So Election Day is November 3rd, 2020. Lord, 2020. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And with the presidency in dire need of change, it is crucial, people, crucial for our communities to get to the polls. If you're not yes. getting to the polls physically, there's voting early, they're sending it in by mail. Uh, Sean King is going to join us today, yes. Um, to share important information surrounding the 2020 election and things when it comes to voting. And it's funny listening to your story time. Mm-hmm. I will also say that I was guilty of thinking, Oh, when I turn 18, like automatically I should be able to vote. So I remember going right. to the polls with my parents. I want to say it was like a local election happening. My
2: mother took me every And time I went, she
1: went and my name wasn't there. So I was like, but I'm 18. Like, I should be able right. to vote, not knowing that there's a, a process yes. to be able to register to vote to yes. then be able to vote. Yes. You know? And that's just something that I just kind of went over my head. And, you know, my mom was kind of like, girl, didn't you know you were supposed to register my to vote? Mother and took I was me. like, I thought it just kind of automatically happened.
2: No, when I was 18, my mother took me to register to vote. I hear that. My mother, my mother. Shout don't out to play. Karen
1: Ellis. She don't play them games, no when, it games. when
2: it comes to voting my mother don't play no games mm-hmm. and I want to I want to speak to the people as to why voting is so important and how it became important to me um when I retired from the NFL in 2010 I came back to Brooklyn mm-hmm. and I started to mentor young athletes in Brooklyn like I always talk about the prototype sports performance lab and I remember um dealing with so many issues within my community mm-hmm. that the president couldn't change you know, I had a, I had a couple of young men who were dealing with uh, law issues. I had a couple of young men who was, whose families were dealing with health issues. And when you think about these things, these things directly affect us daily. And it was more important for me at that point to know who the precinct well, who was the head of the, the precinct mm-hmm. who was the district leader who mm-hmm. was the alderman mm-hmm. who was your city councilman right and at that point that's when I started going to these these meetings mm-hmm. and I remember going to the city council meeting and we live in Crown House, Crown Heights at the time
4: mm-hmm.
2: and I remember walking in there to uh speak to councilman Cornegie mm-hmm. and I remember seeing the place filled with Hasidic Jewish people. Mm. And I remember saying to myself, we're, we have like an even split in Crown Heights between yeah. the West Indian Black American community mm-hmm. and the Hasidic Jewish community. Mm-hmm. But when I walked into this me- meeting, we were underrepresented. Mm-hmm. So everything that was happening was happening based on the people who were who making were demands yeah. and saying these things need to change. Right. And and it was at that point that I realized, you know what? I need more funding for my program. Mm-hmm. I gotta know my councilman. I gotta right. know my alderman. I have to right. know who the district attorney is because um, we had a young man who was dealing with an arrest issue mm-hmm. and was facing murder charges. Mm-hmm. And it was important for us and his family to know who the district attorney was going to be. So at right. that point, it's like, wow, here I am focused my whole life
1: mm-hmm. on the president. The president.
2: And yep. the sad part is there were times where I voted because my mom was on my back Well, I walked in there knowing it don't matter if I vote because New York is a historically blue state anyway, Anyway, and the Electoral College is going to vote for him anyway. So what's the point? I
1: I hear you. And
2: it's like the older I became and the more I became involved in my my city Mm -hmm. and my my neighborhood that I realized, man, there's so many more things that we can focus on than just the presidential election. Listen, I
1: think about times I've walked in to make – you know, my vote count Mm -hmm. and I look at these ballots and I don't know these people on the ballot. Right. So at that point, I'm just like, is it a eeny, meeny, miny, mo? And it's like a shame on you moment that I have for have not done my research and do my due diligence going into these voting, you know, polls to actually pick for somebody that I know will evoke some sort of change that I want to see happen. So there's really a process around educating yourself when it comes to voting and making sure that you are really understanding who is fighting for what. Does it align with what you're looking for? Right. And I mean, you know, it's funny. We didn't do a karaoke today, but I'm thinking about that song that my babies love from Bob Marley. What's that? Get up, stand up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stand up for your rights. That's the truth. That was was Cairo's song back in the day.
2: Speaking of standing up for your rights, I think there's an important aspect of voting for a presidential candidate that people don't take into account. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm going to be very clear. This year, I'm voting for Biden. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's not because... I'm a huge Biden fan. I talk about this all the time. When you talk about the 1994 crime bill and the fact that he constructed this bill and you think about mass incarceration and you think about the Clintons, the Democrats have not necessarily represented black people and people of color in the best way. Over, I think it's over 85% of the jail population are in bra- bl- male population of black and brown men, mm-hmm. right? So, and you figure a lot of that came from uh, we we talked about this before, the war on drugs and mm-hmm. how they weaponized the police department in order to arrest mm-hmm. and lock up black and brown men. Even though the, the crack epidemic wasn't as big as the cocaine, powder cocaine epidemic was mm-hmm. at the time that they declared the war on drugs, an actual war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Cocaine was a way bigger deal. But you could be on cocaine and get away with it. But, yeah. you know, that's a different story. What I look at for a presidential candidate is also their ability to appoint judges right? right donald trump to this date has appointed 194 of the 792 judges mm. that have life terms mm. think about that
1: they just gonna sit
2: think about that <laughs> and and i think this is important mm-hmm. you can say what you want to say about Joe Biden about Donald Trump. I'm not a fan of either one of them. Like, Mm -hmm. to be perfectly honest, I do think they're both out of touch. They're 70-plus-year-old white men. How could they possibly know what it's like to deal with the issues we have to deal with as a millennial black couple? Right. They just don't. Right. But you look at Kamala Harris, and even her track record mm-hmm. as a district attorney is questionable. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, she was doing her job. Yeah, she was doing her job, but she was also allowing things to happen under her watch mm-hmm. that allowed for the incarceration of black men and women in California. Mm-hmm. right? And that was 11 years ago, I believe, but she's had way more legislation and made changes during her time
4: mm-hmm.
2: uh, as in the Senate so she hasn't, she didn't stay at that point. She did make some changes. My thing is who is Biden going to surround himself with as a cabinet that's going to represent a more diverse America? Right. Donald Trump has already proven that he's only going to surround himself with older white males who stay out of touch. With what's right. going on in America. Yeah.
1: I mean, there, you know there's no desire saying? for them to be in touch with the rest exactly. of America either. So for know? me, when
2: I'm voting, I'm not just voting for the man who's going to sit. Mm-hmm. In the, I'm voting for the person who's going to appoint judges mm-hmm. and also someone who's going to have a cabinet that looks like America.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You, you understand what I'm saying? And people don't get that. People get all this. Like, how you vote for this guy? He did the 94 crime, 94 crime bill. It's like, how can you vote for Trump? He's a bigot. Whoever you choose, you have to choose and make your decisions based on the totality of what the the presidential seat requires.
1: Absolutely. You
2: know what I'm saying? It's not just about their record. Because if we learned anything from Obama, one man can't change the whole country.
1: Nope. Not in eight years.
2: In eight years. In eight years. You need a team. You need people. And you also need Congress. You need the entire legislative branch to be able to represent america in the way it looks and that's right, why i see any
1: kind of change right yeah so we gonna vote yes, <laughs> yes. we know who you who you're gonna vote for but the, the fact is that people need to be out and vote and one thing that i am extremely disappointed in and really give a side eye to mm-hmm. um and we'll talk about this more with sean is just the fact that we can do so many things nowadays yeah yeah. with just a fingerprint or with your your eyes you know facial recognition yeah. global entry yeah. there are all yeah. of these technologically savvy ways to be recognized and to do things nowadays and it really makes me wonder why can't voting be the same way why can't i be in a different state than my voting state and not have the ability to vote and vote accurately and efficiently where i am it has to be snail mail and hand count. Right. And you know, and, and people want to say the system is broken. No. Again, just like racism, the system is designed to work the way they want it it's to work. Exactly because the if there's anything that right. makes voting more efficient for people, yeah. it's not going to have the outcome that they want.
2: That's the truth. Because it's America not. is changing.
1: It's not. So that's and, a major side eye truth. that I give. Because y'all could figure out a way to make this shit easier for people.
2: This is another truth. And people don't like to hear it. America in totality, the people, the American people, are not a country of bigots. The laws are bigoted. Mm-hmm. The people in power are bigots. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of Americans are very different than what America was 50, 60 years ago.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It's the truth. People don't want to own up to I it, it. But it's the truth it is the truth we have to find a way to make a change and i'm excited that sean king will be here with us absolutely
1: to discuss it. we are going to talk to sean i mean it's been a long four years of bearing yes. a whole lot of tragedy and disappointment one after the other so yes. it's time to elect a new president uh november 3rd is election day y'all all over the country and if 2020 hasn't been dramatic enough baby boy the speculation surrounding this election i think is going to be up for a whole oscar <laughs> it's just not even funny at this point uh but yeah we're gonna have sean king join us and we will talk more and get some insight from him around voting so sean king is here with us today to help us prepare for the upcoming presidential election sean king the writer civil rights activist co-founder of real justice pack father Uh, husband, so many things. Welcome, Sean King.
2: Yes, yes. Before we get started, though, I want to say the Sean King Mm -hmm. because um, everything that he's doing now, pushing forward uh, the voice for Black America and for disenfranchised people, I think it's important because he's taking a... A huge step in making a huge sacrifice for both him and his family. So I'm going to say, the Sean King. We welcome you, brother. Thank you for joining us. Yeah,
3: I appreciate you both.
1: So, Sean, um, in a digital age of activism, you have also become a celebrity in your own right. So, before we jump into the voting, we just want to know, particularly, about the challenges that have come along with the added pressure to constantly have to defend to the public or the public's perception of who you are. Because, like we said, you know, Sean, the father, the husband, the man, you're still fighting the good fight. So how do you, how are you able to, um, work around those challenges that have arose, um, with that? It's,
3: it's, it's a lot actually. Um, when, when people ask me that question, just like you are, I try to be super honest about it. Like it's not clean. It's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard for my family. It's hard for me every day. I'm dealing with some type of false allegation or accusation or crazy rumor or trending topic. I think over the years I've gotten kind of numb to it. And I don't even necessarily mean that in a healthy way. Like you, you you just grow kind of numb to the negativity. Right. And if you, if you see it all the time, I can't, I can't allow it in my mind and in my heart and still have a, productive day. Like as soon as, as soon as we finish this episode, I'm leading us st- I have a staff meeting to lead. And that's how my day goes. It's like one important gathering after meeting. And if I, if I log into Instagram and allow something ugly that somebody says to, to take me somewhere different, I couldn't even be effective. And so what I've found is even when I respond to something crazy that somebody says like with an honest thorough answer it informs the two of you it informs people who are supportive but the people who are detractors they they literally don't care right mm-hmm. they're not they're not looking for answers they're not looking for the truth they're just kind of throwing daggers and and so what I have found is I've spent so much time answering critics, and what i found is they don't even look at the critics. They don't even look at my answer to at the all. criticism.
2: Right. At all. They don't, they don't care. It's funny because I was, um, I was just looking at a, a movie trailer for a movie coming out, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, and it was yeah. talking about the Fred Hampton story, and pretty much how the federal government um, is able to discredit black leadership. By pretty much using all all forces around them, whether it's uh, local government, whether it's law enforcement, social media. At the time, they didn't have social media, but using Cointel Pro style tactics to pretty much discredit anything you say. And I saw a yeah. post that you made about that, and having that conversation with former members of the Black Panther Party. and And can you speak a little bit about? Um, how do you find the strength? Because I don't even want to talk about how you defied it. We, we don't want to talk about it. How do you find the strength to continue to push forward when you know these style of attacks are happening?
3: Well, what, first, these types of attacks are happening, not just against me, but against anybody who's out here being effective. Anytime you try to challenge the status quo, or just challenge the way things are, depending on how much you're trying to challenge it, there will always be opposition. And yes, I guess what stings is it's one thing to know that emotionally. Like I know historically that that's how it happens. It's another thing to be in the middle of it and to actually experience it and deal with it. And the most effective tactic, really, from Cointel Pro is not to turn the media against you, it's not to turn famous people against you is to turn your own people, people. against you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and when when that happens and that's in some ways some of the biggest challenge that even Malcolm faced and in some ways it's one of the big challenges that Martin faced we see him now as just like this super heroic figure but when when Dr. King died there was a poll just taken almost three weeks before he was killed he was deeply unpopular not just with white folk the majority of black folk also disapproved of Dr. King. Absolutely. Where right. They
2: called him an Uncle Tom.
3: People had affected. Yes. Now, if you ask anybody who was alive in that final year of his life, they will all now tell you they loved him. <laughs> but <laughs> right. in that final year, it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And he was when when Malcolm was assassinated, he was literally the least popular black leader in America. I mean, he was as if, if you could. Imagine in your mind a very unpopular black leader right now. Malcolm was about at that level. Mm-hmm. Now we have retroactively imposed kind of a popularity on him of course. that didn't really exist at that moment. What I, what I do every day, there are two or three things that I have to kind of remind myself of, almost like a mantra.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, there are goals that I have that I'm fighting for that are that are bigger than me. Bigger than my popularity, bigger than how anybody feels about me. And so, in a lot of ways, I'm always trying to keep my eyes on the goals that we're pursuing. There are people that we're trying to elect, there are laws that we're trying to change, there are policies that we're trying to shift. And what I've learned is my pop, like personally, my popularity is up and down. Mm-hmm. And I can't allow my self esteem. And, and and my own value to kind of ride on that popularity roller coaster. Like right. mm-hmm. there are days where I get an award from Rihanna and then there are days where I'm trending and people are clowning with memes and everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I'm getting the award, I don't allow the award to make my head get big. And when right. I'm trending for something ugly, I don't then all of a sudden feel horrible about myself. I kind of just try to be even keeled through it all. Mm-hmm. I have to remind myself, I, I mean, I'm, I have a family that loves me. I have a wife, I've been with my wife for almost 25 years since we were kids. Nice. Yeah, um, we have, we have five kids that are doing well and great. I have a, I have staffs that I love and work well with teams of friends and supporters, but there's something about our psyche that can allow uh one negative thing to take us in a weird Absolutely. place and mm-hmm. i've tried to i've tried to get beyond that and it's taken me probably 10 years to figure out how to be above that right. but you just can't allow your your popularity on any given day to dictate how you feel about yourself g- good or bad got you.
4: well one thing yeah. i've learned
2: about american history is that um Anybody who was on the right side of politics, especially social justice, during that time is always considered the villain oh, yeah. and made public, public enemy, enemy number, number one. one. I mean, sure. you look at yeah. everyone loved Ali when he was dying. Huge parade. The whole world loved him. But during the time yeah. when he was speaking for blacks in America, he was public enemy number one, had to give away his titles. You look at Colin Kaepernick four mm-hmm. years ago. He was considered a terrorist. Like I used to <laughs> yeah. look at memes of Colin Kaepernick and now he has billboards on in, in New York and, you know, it's just funny to me that we as a people continue to watch these things happen cyclically, you know, so over and over again. But every time it happens, it's like, no, this guy, no, but this guy is mm. really the terrorist this right. time. All those other times we were wrong but this guy oh this guy <laughs> and then later on in history they'll be praising you and say oh he was right the entire time it's exactly. just it's par for the course so let's yeah. get into uh some of this yeah this voting because this voting stuff.
1: i mean <laughs> i
2: told the story about uh and during story time about the first time i voted i was 20 years old mm-hmm. and it was during the 2004 election uh bush and kerry mm-hmm. and i didn't understand the importance. and I had two years that I could have voted you know, from 18 to 20 on different elections and I really did not understand the importance Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand voter suppression so can you talk to us a little bit about um, what's going on in this election and how we can avoid voter suppression and things of that nature
3: yeah well first off I think you as a young voter is probably almost identical to most of us as young voters like I have to put that in some ways off on our school system and educational Mm -hmm. system and even just as a society, we focus so much of our energy on the presidential election mm-hmm. that when you turn, like my two oldest daughters, they're 18 and 20. And so they are getting to vote for the first time in the presidential race. They're getting to vote for the first time this year. But when I was 18 and 19 years old, I had I had no real understanding about city council races. Right. Um local school board races mm-hmm. state senators state house races and you know one of the organizations that I run real justice we help elect new district attorneys all over the country mm-hmm. oh, that's important. we've now yeah. we've ousted 20 horrible district attorneys and replaced it replaced them with brilliant compassionate women and men all over the country what well, hell I was probably in my early 30s before I even understood what a district attorney was right yeah. and, and And some of that is just how our educational system works. And so even that in some ways is its own form of voter suppression. Voter suppression is anything intentionally or unintentionally that prevents people from voting, prevents people from wanting to vote, thinking that they can vote. And this country, the United States, has one of the lowest average voting rates of any developed countries in the world wow uh, only about 50% of americans vote in presidential elections that's crazy in most wow. developed countries it's closer to 75 to 80% in some countries like australia uh in australia you are required to vote and if you don't vote there is a fine so they have in australia it's called compulsory voting oh wow and over 99% of all Australians vote. It's a part of your civic duty. Like, right. makes sense. like paying just taxes. Like
2: you, yeah, you pay taxes, yeah. you should be forced to vote. It makes sense.
3: And, and, so, and, and Australia is not the only country that does that. And so we have just about 50% participation. And what that means is when so few people participate, is the average American is a non-voter. Mm. And... Even people that we that you and I know that we think are voting, they're not voting.
4: Mm. We should assume that
3: half of our friends, half of our followers, they're not. And and some of it is that they're so busy. Some of it is that they're confused on where they vote. Some people don't know if they're properly registered. So we can tweet it and post it and Instagram it. But there's still just a real low understanding that people have on how and where to vote. It's it's partly because of our system. It's super unclear um, and as I think we're recording
2: My bad. I think that's yeah. done on purpose because you said something last night when yeah. we were talking about this, that you can go to an airport now, stick your fingers on a device, or let them look at your eyes. And it eyes. tells you
1: who the hell you are. Right.
2: How is it possible that we <laughs> right. don't have the same right. technology to just vote wherever you are, no, regardless of absolutely. where you there register? There should be
1: something in place. I mean, you can do so many things electronically now. You know, you go to the airport, you look in the machine, clear looks at your eyes, and it knows who you are. Why can't we do something like that? across right. the board oh,
3: we, and- could, we could but the real answer to that is there are people in power who understand that they will stay in power when fewer people vote you and, and truth we could absolutely have sophisticated technological systems that are safe secure just like Convenient. like you said just like clear at the airport mm-hmm. we could have those types of things but our our country also, spend so little money developing our infrastructure—not just our voting infrastructure, but anything from roads to bridges to our school systems to our healthcare systems. So, all of these things are underdeveloped, and it's uh, it's the American way in some ways. And so, I was going to say we saw just this past week in Georgia people waiting in line for ten to twelve hours to vote.
1: Yeah, I and i
3: and, and and we called that voter suppression i saw people say well why is that voter suppression well it's voter suppression because people were passing out in line people right, had sure. to leave and go to work people mm-hmm. had to leave and go pick up their it's kids it's discouraging yeah and it's a it's a way to discourage people from voting for sure and yeah, yeah. it's frustrating super so, frustrating yeah
1: it, there's also now the question too that you know what's going to happen if 45 decides that he will not peacefully leave his seat you know, if he's not reelected in November. So what do you think about that? Are there any legal protections that are in place to prevent this or how can we prepare for something like this? Because a lot of people are saying there's going to be a whole civil war. If, if things don't go his way come November 3rd. Yeah.
3: Well, first Donald Trump has all but said publicly over and over again, that he already thinks this, uh, this election is rigged, that the voting is rigged against him. He's already kind of projected mm-hmm. that after Election Day, he's not just going to accept the results the way we've seen every other presidential administration before this do. Mm-hmm. The The difference is, if you go all the way back to 2000, when there was a contested election that went all the I way to the Supreme Court, Bush. the difference was neither one of them were incumbents. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. Bill Clinton had his final term. And so it wasn't like one of them could just say, I'm staying in office. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're gonna get a contested election against someone who already has the position. And we've never really had someone like Donald Trump as president. Wow! And so there, there are probably three scenarios. The first is is difficult but possible, and this would be the best scenario, is that Joe Biden wins on election day in enough states that can declare their winner that he wins by a landslide in enough states that say we certify that Joe Biden wins, that on election night he actually crosses 270 delegates and the media declares him a winner. Right. Joe Biden may not. I mean, uh, Donald Trump may not immediately accept it. But that's the best case scenario is that Joe Biden crosses 270. And I've seen a couple pundits kind of show where Joe Biden would have to win for that to happen.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: He, he would have to win almost every contested state. If he won in a shocking way, if he won like Texas or something like that, then that would easily push him over that. The more likely scenario, and this is not like a conspiracy theory or doomsday because of the pandemic tens of millions of Americans have already voted by mail. Right. And that's okay. And I don't want to discourage anybody from doing that, but about half of American States don't begin counting those ballots until the end of election day. And, and so what that means is for 20 States where millions of people have voted by mail, Those votes don't start to count until late on election night. And those states are already saying like, hey, it's going to take us several days to count them. Right. So to be fair to Donald Trump uh, for a moment, (laughs) if (laughs) I was if if I was president Mm -hmm. and no one crossed the 270 threshold and there were still millions of votes out, Mm -hmm. if I'm Joe Biden or Donald Trump, I'm going to say no, 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 no you're not a winner because these votes have not all been counted. Right now. Not only would Donald Trump be right to say that, and and we have to say this because the roles may be reversed where Donald Trump tries to declare himself a winner before votes in Arizona and Ohio and Wisconsin have been counted and say, say Donald Trump is up on election night in some of those states, but none of the mail-in ballots have been counted. Then, Joe Biden has to be the one to say on election night, hold on, tens of millions of votes have not even been counted yet. You can't declare yourself a winner. That's probably where we're going to be. Hmm. And that's not a doomsday scenario. It's just it's a result of the pandemic. And Hmm. there is a small chance that Joe Biden could win on election night. I don't see a good chance of Donald Trump winning on elect he could still win, but I don't think that he would honestly win on election night. Hmm. Um You'd have to see the more after. likely scenario is it's gonna take a couple of days. Right. Gotcha. And uh yeah, it's yeah. going to be difficult.
1: Oh man! Well, rounding things out with you, Sean, because I know you have uh, a lot going on. So you, we just want to talk real quick about uh, we had an opportunity to actually speak with presidential hopeful Biden um, about his yeah. campaign, and we, you know, we believe that the conversations like that are necessary, especially for the Black community, um, and especially now. Um, but a lot of people are really feeling like they're just going to have to choose between the lesser of two evils. Right. You have, you know, Kamala Harris, her record as a prosecutor. You have him and the legacy of the '94 Crime Bill. Um, People are rightfully leery of their willingness to be able to bring positive change, especially to people of color. So, you know, giving their reputations. um, What what do we have to look forward to if they're elected? How we can how can we continue to put pressure on Harris and Biden to meet our needs and demands if they are to be elected into office?
3: So I was a huge critic of Joe Biden and um, I am I'm not a Joe Biden fan. Um, I'm not a Joe Biden supporter. Um, I've, I've written long pieces about his record on mass incarceration and criminal justice in general. I have to remind people though, that in all elections, not just presidential elections, but in governor's races and mayor's races, often your favorite candidate doesn't win. So I work with the Bernie Sanders campaign. I love Bernie. I love his policies. I, I trust his integrity. Mm hmm. And but Bernie's not the nominee. And and so for me, as as I am one of those people who have a huge beef with Joe Biden, I think Joe Biden on his worst day, and th- I say this as somebody who is incredibly critical of him, is still better than the best version of Donald Trump. Right. The Don, Donald Trump, he has now told, according to The Washington Post, they have a lie tracker. Where they, they track how many lies he tells every day. He's told twenty-three thousand lies, mm. which is the most any human being has ever been measured to to do. That's twenty-three thousand. That's just in the three and a half years of his administration, mm. and those are just the public lies that we know of. Facts. On a good day, he's dishonest. On a on a good day for him, he's still a bigot. Yeah. And and so. Even Donald Trump's role in mismanaging the pandemic, all of those things, when I go to vote and I haven't voted by mail, I'm going to go either vote on election day or vote on an early voting day.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: I'm not pumped up and charged about voting for Joe Biden. In a lot of ways, I'm going to vote against Donald Trump. With all of that said, I have several friends who work for the Joe Biden campaign, friends that mm-hmm. I love and trust. Mm-hmm. I've had several dear friends who have endorsed him and have helped craft some of his policies. Right. We will have not just more access, but leverage with Joe Biden. Um, when Joe Biden appoints judges or Supreme Court justices, all of those things, we are way more likely to get people who not only look like us, but agree with the way we see the world. And I pl- I plan on when Joe Biden is elected, just for me personally, I plan on going kind of back to my role as a critic of Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I've to tried to hold some of that back during this campaign, but yeah. some of us need to hold him accountable. Absolutely. And that, for that's sure. kind of what I see my role as. See, yeah. it's funny because
2: I, I've taken this stance and educated myself on American history, understanding that throughout time, the difference between Republican politics and Democratic politics has been overt racism versus covert racism. And the 94 crime bill has been a perfect example of that. But when we're choosing a president, I try to tell people you're choosing someone to sit in a position, but you're choosing someone that's also gonna choose a cabinet and also appoint judges. So for me, yeah. when it comes to voting, I wanna vote someone who is going to, who I'm gonna vote someone in who is going to think about people who not only look like me, but people who are also dealing with similar struggles who don't look like me. Because ultimately it's not only about just being a black Mm -hmm. man, what about black women? What about the LGBTQ community? What about all of the other different demographics and misrepresented people in the government? If we continue to vote the same old 70 plus white males into yep. office, they're only going to focus on that demographic. Yeah. And for me, that's what needs to change. It's not just about the black rhetoric and what, because it's important that we've had a black president before. Mm-hmm. And even during that eight year presidency, we felt neglected. Once again, we felt neglected. And I think it's fair for us to hold people accountable. I feel like now is a time where we, we use our voices and we speak about not just the policies of Joe Biden, but the cabinet he's gonna put in and the judges he can appoint. Yep.
3: Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree.
2: Well, Sean. We appreciate you. We thank yes. you so much for joining us. We know you have to run. Uh, hopefully, we can do this again. You are also uh, an alumni of Black Love, Doc, just like us. Oh yeah, Black you and
3: your yeah. wife. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. Yeah, those are my people, and, and I'm for so sure. glad we get to to tell our stories there. You know, you, today you're interviewing me, but uh, so much of why I am who I am is because of my wife and and. Uh, we've been together. So I'm 41. We've been together since we were 15 and 16. Wow! And nice. um you know, so much of what I do, I, I do not just because she empowers me to do it, but she really makes makes my whole world work. She's a great. I'm a terrible manager. <laughs> me too. Uh, I'm a me ma- too. Terrible, terrible <laughs> manager <of> people. <laughs> guilty. I'm guilty. It, all right. It's- and uh I know I've tried to get better. I don't just like I'm trying to grow and get better every day at that, that's but all good. Teamwork. With, without her, yeah, you wouldn't even know me without her. that's and, what's uh, up. She, no, I I, yeah, get, she it. Makes I get it. Everything I do better.
1: Complimenting those yeah. those weaknesses and elevating the strengths. So thank you so much, Sean. Uh, for yeah. taking the thank time. Love to you, love to your family. All yeah, we're that. gonna
2: pray for you always, pray always. for your family, keep for fighting a good fight. Anything we can yeah, do to help get the problem. information out. Um. continue, hopefully we can keep this line of communication any any way we can use our platforms to, to push anything that you want to push forward, man, we're here. For sure. I appreciate his honesty, you know what I'm saying? Agreed. Um, if, if people really look at history, mm-hmm. anytime a black person, not just a black man, mm-hmm. black person, black man or black woman mm-hmm. decide to speak up for the injustice is done to black people, they're often villainized. Yes. And I can honestly say I think that this is happening, happening to, to Sean. Yeah. And I, I, I wish the best for him and his family because yeah. it's not easy to sit where he's sitting. Bruh, um,
1: it really isn't. We
2: can all sit back and, and throw stones and say he should be doing this, he should be doing that, mm-hmm. why isn't this happening? But until you're able to sit down and, and discuss things and then see the work he's doing, you, you can't agreed. be the judge.
1: Agreed, agreed. I mean it takes yeah. a lot to put himself and his family out on the forefront like this, so. Yeah um major respect out to you sean king all right you know what let's take a quick break Mm -hmm. um we had a lot going on in this episode so far uh let's move into listener letters after we get into some ads all right yeah so stick around
2: In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience.
1: Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your
0: chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash deadass. During the break, let's quickly talk about
2: a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered
1: when I'm talking about style I mean personal style there are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the crocs to make them unique you can dress up your crocs to match your mood to match your personality to fit the occasion and you can change them up day to day
2: I mean ultimately you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style and now let's talk about comfort you know It doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish,
1: personalized,
2: colorful cushion.
1: That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you.
2: all year long
1: that's right y'all black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at walmart
2: that's right go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the
0: amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine
2: all right so we're back now that was a heavy mm-hmm. episode, very yeah. important, uh, very educational, enlightening. Yes. Hopefully you guys are registered to vote mm-hmm. and you get out there and let your voices be heard. Facts. But right now we're going to get into some listener letters, kind of lighten things up a little bit.
1: Okay. Kadeem's Let's see favorite what part. have going I on. see you
2: with the black leather on, though. You know. I see you little Angela Davis.
1: Makes me, makes me feel a little, you know.
2: See, I got on a white shirt. Oh, your but shirt the letters says, are black.
1: And it says it what? It says radical. Radical, right? You, you want to be that radical change. You see that? Dead ass, radical, dead you ass. That? You see radical, dead ass. Why go. the
2: black letters got to be on the white shirt. <laughs> you see? Oh,
1: my God. You're hilarious. <laughs> you All right, know? so let's
2: start with this first and listen to the letter. All right, cool. it says, Listen. I have recently gotten to a place where I feel like I have done so much growth. I went through therapy to work on some of my issues I saw within myself and a pattern I saw in my family. Okay,
1: I'm So, oh, so I nice. feel like a
2: new person. All right. I'm 24. Then you, did, you did all of that, <laughs> that at 24? Good.
1: All right.
2: <laughs> Shoot, just graduated from grad school, talk about it, and I live on my own. I'm okay. at a point in my life where I just want to live life to the fullest. I'm a, Sag- I'm
4: a Sagittarius. Mm.
2: So I feel like it's my calling to go see the world. Fact. However... That's your favorite word. You love saying that? It must be a Sagittarius thing. However, I feel like I get stuck because I often think about what others say to a certain extent. I feel strongly when it comes to my emotions, so I I feel hard when I feel guilt. I do what I want because I am young, and I don't want to take for granted my young years, but I do worry about what others think like family members. I always feel guilty when I do what is not expected of me. What advice do you guys have for a young black man in his 20s, wanting to live life unapologetically.
1: Nice. All right, brother. Well, first of all, (laughs) being a super smart Sagittarius, as I can see, um, (laughs) you seem to be very aware and in touch, you know, of your emotions, of the way you feel, the fact that you've went to therapy, you've already been to work through family patterns and all that stuff. I think that's a great thing. So you're already ahead of the curve because some people are still trying to figure that out well off into um, their their years. I will tell you, for me, I had a very similar situation where I got very concerned about what people think. Mm -hmm. And people being the collective, just people in general, but also, yes, family, friends, all that good stuff. I will say Deval Mm. being the total opposite of not Mm. (laughs) giving two shits about what people think.
2: I saved your life. You
1: saved my life, bro. Because there was for a long time, I was just very like, you know kind of tiptoeing around things that I wanted to do or things that really ultimately made me happy and I really had to assess like who was at fault here? Who was going to suffer the most if I was not true to myself? And ultimately, you do one thing, somebody has an opinion. Talk about it. You do the other thing, Talk somebody has it. an opinion, good or bad. So if you really live your life riding that roller coaster, kind of like what Sean said in his portion Mm -hmm. of the interview, if he was to just like, you know, relish on the highs and then really beat down on himself on the lows, everybody's going to have an opinion about whatever you do. So you might as well do what you want to do anyway. Look at you sounding like, come here, give me a hug, give me a hug. I know, I know. Let me squeeze your butt, squeeze your butt.
2: See, that's my baby right there. I'm
1: just saying, I've really adopted that philosophy in life. Who go, cares? Girl. If if we had listened to family members, we would not have the platform no. that we have right now. No, If we listen to people saying, y'all doing too much, y'all doing all this stuff on the internet, what y'all doing Friends it for, and family, you doing it for likes, you doing it for this, people that, and the third. People
2: still
1: And here we are. Because we didn't listen to it. We didn't bro
2: yo you said everything bro, i was going to say I, do
1: your thing if i can go back into my 20s okay 20 year old kadeem 24 year old Kadine be like sis here's the tea on doing mm-hmm. what people expect you to do or like worrying about what people have to say let me tell you i'll I'd say been this. out here living my whole best life
2: this is the analogy i give some of my kids who have the same conversation they're like coach DeVal, man you know i don't know what to do people saying i'm just should do this people saying i say this nobody knows anything Okay, listen to me, they don't know nothing. We all wake up every day and we fucking guess. We guessing. There was a point in the world where everybody knew the earth was flat. (laughs) Think about that. Think about, there was a point where everybody on earth knew the earth was flat. And then what happened? (laughs) <laughs> we find out the earth is round, <laughs> but at some point everybody was telling people, "Don't, don't go there. Don't, don't go sail out in the ocean because you're gonna fall off the edge of the earth." So you know what happened? People wasn't sailing because everybody was telling them what to do, and it wasn't until you pull up your own sail and you use the wind to gust you across. A right analogy. The ocean Come
1: through. Analogy, brother,
2: find out that the world is round on your own. Facts. That's what I'm, I'm gonna just bring it to that.
1: Put your sail up.
2: If you listen to everybody, you're gonna walk around thinking the earth is flat. <coughs> That's all I'm
1: gonna say. And be severely unhappy in the put process. Put your sails up,
2: put your sails up. Be the wind beneath your own wings
1: or your own sail or in in the case.
2: wind beneath your sail. The wings is a song.
1: I know, so I, know I, I got saying. that, but I was just trying to like, you're suppose, you supposed to it. be on my channel, you're supposed,
2: you supposed to be the wind beneath my wings. I was sailing on my analogy.
1: I was sailing on my analogy. No. I I'm blow. I'm a blow under your wings. <laughs> see, you see, I love
2: that. You see what I'm saying? You see what I go
1: through?
2: <laughs> I appreciate you. No, but yeah, live your no life, honestly, bro. Though, don't no Honestly, bro, there's no wrong decisions in life. No. You make your decisions and you deal with the consequences that you create. And to You be man honest, up and you deal with it. That's and if your you family
1: do. is your family and your friends are your friends and they're they love you for you. who you are, they're going to support you either way. They're going to rock with you. And if they don't, now you know where you stand. Period. 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 They're going to rock with you. All right. On to the next one. Yes. That was pretty easy. You want to read it or you want me to read, read it? it? I'll Go read it. Go for it.
2: Okay. My family is from Guyana and moved to New York when my mom was a teen. Okay, bye, She now. hasn't been a fan. <laughs> Guyanese. You love Guyanese people. I, I do. love Guyanese people, too. Shout out Wayne with. <laughs> Shout out my Auntie Angie who helped <laughs> raise me. She's Guyanese. They have all, they have all. You finish your homework. <laughs> um, You're putting I love on you. the whole accent. I love you, Auntie Angie. I love it. Um, she hasn't been a fan of any boyfriend I've had on... and usually doesn't mind her opinion, doesn't give her opinion until after things have ended. Okay, I'm with my boyfriend for about a year and I love him very much. My mother will smile and kiki in front of my boyfriend whenever he's around, but if he's around for too long, she can be rude and snappy behind his back. We recently had a conversation and she basically said that she feels he's not good enough for me. He works, are so you not good enough for me? No, <laughs> girl, you're not good enough for you, girl. Uh, he, he works in mechanics. Uh, no, he works in mechanics and has stated in the past that he doesn't plan on going back to college. Basically, my question is Did they give you a hard time with who you chose to love?
1: <laughs> girl, why are you going to start develop? Do you think
2: that it has to do with the culture and how parents view their girl child? <laughs> 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 Do you want to do this or you want me to take this away? I,
1: I know, DeVille. I know. I understand. I understand. Okay, listen. Yes.
2: Mimi hated me. Mimi did okay. not. Mimi not hated DeVille. me. All right. She thought I was a thug, a hooligan, a dumb athlete. <laughs> thought I was going to just take her daughter away and destroy her life.
1: Yeah, pretty now much. Now look.
2: Now look
1: that's what happens when you do things and don't care what people now, have to say look. i literally was like this is my boyfriend though and i love him and i don't really care what y'all have to you say <laughs> so you here did. we are you but I, I do understand the perspective of okay for example me growing up in my household to very st- strict west indian parents who did not uh, yes. really want their girl child out in these streets and mm-hmm. it was go to school come home go to school come home like that's mm-hmm. just that's just what it was um so yes my but mother did you always say, go to school and come home no i didn't i was taking detours sometimes you, you know what i that? mean i was taking you was detours taking Detours? i was taking... <laughs> Devout, <I> shut up <laughs> you opened yourself up for that <laughs> no, i did i did you, did. I did. you opened <laughs> yourself up for that <laughs> okay that's awful detour i was not Touring so that, like that.
2: So that you shouldn't I, that I'm not, I
1: wasn't on tour like that. You know what I'm saying? But uh-huh. I'm just saying, in order to just get a little bit of freedom, you just start to, like, you know, deviate from, like, the coming straight home <laughs> <D-V-A>? process. Deviate? <laughs> Goodbye, DeVal. Somebody turn his mic off. That being said, <laughs> when time came for me to start bringing boys around, okay, mm. and this wasn't until you didn't start coming around till we were, what, 18 years 18. old at the time, my mother literally said to me, Kadeem, you could have walked through the door with Jesus Christ himself and I would not care. I wouldn't care. I absolutely wouldn't because you're my daughter and I feel like I know what's best for you and at that time I just wanted you to focus on yourself and on your schooling and your career. You could have walked in with Jesus Christ? Yeah, pretty much.
2: And Jesus not good enough for you? Your mother going to hell. Mimi, (laughs) peace. (laughs) I won't be there.
1: (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. Well, I don't know. We might be in the rapture right now and not even know it. We might have been left behind. So who knows? Um, But no, in all seriousness, we, I, I did have a hard time in the beginning just because I think it was my parents' idea of wrapping their mind around the fact that there was a young man who was now going to, you know, share my attention that I would have then taken my eyes off of the prize. And at that time, the prize was getting my education, starting a career, building things for myself, being an individual, um, being independent, which were valid points at the time yes they were valid and they're still valid now and it's almost like we look back now of course hindsight is 2020 and deval and i both say that mom did have some points she did she, she did you know, have in, some points in wanting t- me to focus
2: she she did but have she some did points. definitely
1: didn't give you a fair shot in the very beginning
2: But hold on hold on son hold on she did have some points right but you can have points and then it's being rude. You can't <laughs> right. be rude to other people's kids. Yeah. Because you know what could have happened? Yeah. You 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 wasn't taking detours then, but you want to detour now, right? <laughs> And I could have detoured you away from your family because that happens a lot in families. It does sometimes. Some people are so hard on the significant other, mm-hmm. right, that once the significant other finally grabs the heart of that person, right. they separate them from their family because it's like you treated me so bad before. That is very true. And you are, you're going to choose. Once you choose your significant other. I've seen other, that
1: in extended family myself. Yeah,
2: me, as, I, me too. Mm-hmm. My extended family too. You see the family, you know, the family's tight. That person falls in love with someone who everyone else in the family didn't approve of. Mm-hmm. And now they go off and live their life and create their own family because that's what people do. Right. There's going to be certain things in your life that I'm going to be able to provide that your family, your mom can't. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not like just detours. talking about the detours. See, I wasn't just <laughs> talking about the detours. You know what I'm saying? But with that being said, there has to be a way for you to speak to your mom about being rude. There mm-hmm. was a point in our our uh Courtship. relationship well <laughs> yeah. i didn't come to your house yeah. for about 2 years right
1: and then it become all it becomes awkward for me because we were we were in college at the time yeah. we would come home on the weekends and there was like a well i want to chill with my family but i want to chill with Deval too but he I was like i'm not off. coming to your house so then i feel divided because it's like come i want to chill with my boyfriend on the weekend and kick back and you know have a good time with our families but then i can't because he doesn't feel comfortable in my house no. so we did have a, a, a period of about what 2 years maybe Yeah, that this was going on until yeah. there was finally like you know, my mom extended the olive branch i think when she saw he wasn't going nowhere
2: yeah when i made it to the nfl
1: right <laughs> it was around that time yeah, yeah oh see mom that was a bad time
2: yeah that was see, a bad time i could have i could have scooped up and been gone and the thing is it's not even like a man woman thing because people said you know is it a girl is that how people treat their girl child mm-hmm. and i'm like no i hear so many horror stories about mm-hmm. young women who are mistreated by the the young man's family and I'm like why would you treat somebody's daughter like that would you want somebody to treat your daughter like that right I have three boys Mm -hmm. I have three boys right and I'm going to be very particular about who my young men choose to court I want them to have a standard that they can live up to and be proud of Mm-hmm. And live and have a person that's going to make them a better person. Right. But in no way do I plan on disrespecting anyone's daughter. Absolutely. Because when I have my Agreed. daughter, I don't want nobody disrespecting pre- my daughter. Here you know go what with I'm this saying?
1: Daughter situation. We in season four. You still talking about you it. You know what I'm Listen, saying? Listen, is potty trained, y'all. Congratulations to mommy and daddy.
0: I'm going to say it we again. We got a
1: baby out of Pampers.
2: When I have okay. my daughter. Okay. We've
1: retired the Pampers.
2: We retired so the, the Pampers. We ain't retired the Detour. As long as the detour is still working, there's still a chance for me. There's still a shot. There's still a shot, and let baby. Let me tell
1: you, there is no end in sight for anything being normal again. There's always detours in this life, huh?
2: Always. Always
1: detours, detours in this life with DeVal. Yes. Oh my God, it always Listen, comes back to the D.
2: Respect other people's kids. Facts. Man. And, if, and yes. if they love your child the right way. Be even if you don't. Mm-hmm. If even if you don't understand everything they do, because even your your father doesn't understand everything I do. Your no. father don't know how I make money. Right. And one thing I say about your father, though, he was always respectful. And I always that felt welcome in his presence. That is true. So I was always my willing definitely, to explain. Yes, you know? yes,
1: yes, for sure. Like you um, tell the story all the time when you went to ask my father and mother for my hand in marriage. And my father was just like, sure, fine said,
2: by me. Said, fine by me, you guys do what you guys do. <laughs> your mother was like, "Marry, you just <laughs> give your daughter away like that. You don't have no questions. <laughs>
1: I could totally see it, too. I wasn't there for it, but I could see you sitting at the table with my mother and my father, and my father being his usual just laid-back, chill, like, hey, you want a drink? Let's chill. You want to marry my daughter? All good. Take her. Take her. That's one less person for me to have to (laughs) support. The
2: funny thing is... And
1: my mom just being like, you're just going to give away our firstborn like that? How dare you?
2: The funny thing is, your father goes, man, you you have questions. You always have questions. (laughs) What questions you have? Ask the question. (laughs) Then he said and got up and walked away and it was me and your mother sitting there and I'm just like
1: and then you had to get drilled
2: like, so do you have any questions? And she didn't have no questions. She had no questions. <laughs> she had no questions. Okay. So I was like so I'm I'm going to do this. You are be cool so then I gave her a pound like I was like all right.
1: Did, did you dab my mother <laughs> I'm
2: up? Mom, so I was like bet. I right, um I'm, I'm out. <laughs> most awkward conversation ever i
1: love it but then at the actual proposal everyone was in tears and happy and excited and all that good stuff so good luck to you sis go ahead and have that talk with mom we gotta sometimes have those talks with our very stern west indian parents and let them know what time it is like absolutely this is what's happening now now in the 2000s (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes, and if you'd like to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-D-V-I... Oh, DeVal! I messed up the ass. <laughs> I messed up the ass.
1: You <laughs> never mess up the ass. <laughs> ass. All right, I don't ever mess
2: up the ass. My you bad. Sure you All sure right. don't. You sure don't. Keep your hands. hands
1: Keep your hands over there. Um I'm trying to get that daughter. All right.
2: <laughs> email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I...
1: C-E- Oh, my God. So g-mail. much Dead ass detours, <laughs> daughters, all You love that. it, though, but you love it. <laughs> Moment of truth time is simple. Go and vote. Period. I don't care how you do it. I don't care how you do it. If you Period. do it early, if you're mailing it in. I plan to get my ass on a plane. Yes. And I'm going to New York. I have some Me other too. business to take care of, but I say, you know what? I'm going to position my trip around mm-hmm. Election Day. The lines may be long, but you know what? I have it in my mind that I'm going to dedicate that time to go out and physically vote in New York, that's where I'm registered still, go back to Brooklyn, you know, see my peeps, and attempt to make a change by voting. I'm going to vote, so I encourage you to do the same.
2: Moment of truth, I was today years old when I found out that over 50, only a little bit over 50% of Americans are registered to vote. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. And actually go out to vote. That's <laughs> that's embarrassing. But
1: we got a whole lot of complaints, though. A whole
2: lot of complaints. whole lot of complaints. Register to vote. That's the only thing I have to say. Register to vote and go vote. Moment of truth. Register that's to it. vote and go vote.
1: And, Amen. of course, be sure to follow us on social media. We have our Dead Ass Podcast page. It's Dead Ass, the podcast on Instagram. I'm Instagram, mm-hmm. <laughs> And, of course, I'm Kadeen I am. And
2: I am DeVal. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and
0: subscribe.
2: Deadass. Deadass Dead is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Peña and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at deadass the podcast and never miss a thing.
1: Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P, dot com. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that.
2: That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours.
1: Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity.
0: Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies, but did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence. Is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org/slash/ourblood to make an appointment now.